Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I would like to welcome you to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, a podcast that takes a look at stories of life and leadership for smart, amazing women and men like you. The most important thing is showing up. Don't think that you have to bring anything. Bring yourself, show up, and and remain steadfast and be a... If you are in a position of leadership and a position of management, bring women along with you. Supporting women is my passion and my purpose. And talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of my favorite things to do. I've yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted. She was just either afraid to ask the questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant. Their stories connect us and help us to understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other and lift other women up. Trust is created by persistent identity. I show up as myself time and time and time again. And trust is built. It's one conversation at a time. I'm happy to welcome L.Y. Marlowe to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. I appeared on L.Y.'s virtual From Fear to Freedom series in April and asked her to return the favor and share her amazing work with my Women Connect for Good community. And I'm so grateful she could work it in. Yes, we are. L.Y. is an award-winning author and is also a highly sought-after empowerment advocate and influencer. Her life's journey has taken her from a legacy of domestic violence to opulence of corporate America, and now she is devoting her life to inspiring other women. She founded a national domestic violence organization, Saving Promise, and her two books, the award-winning Color Me, Butterfly, and her memoir, Don't Look at the Monster, One Woman's Journey to Embrace a Purposeful Life, tells us the stories behind the organization and also her other projects. Monster Rise, a women empowerment brand, and Monster Chicks and Skills, a raunchy and awe-inspiring theatrical phenomena brings characters, puppets, and comedy to life to help women confront their fears. L.Y. is also the pioneer of FAST, an immersive virtual mastermind that helps women to get ready to launch their business and execute their vision in less than three days. Wow. I'm pleased to welcome L.Y. to Conversations with Smart, Amazing People. So, L.Y., Yes. Thank you for seeing me. We I'm made it. We so made it happen. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm so happy to be. You know, Dr. Nancy, when you read that bio, and yeah. Yeah. every time for me is not a bio. It reminds me of my life journey. It reminds me of my monsters, fear, worry, doubt, regret. It yeah. reminds me of the time I remember literally, and you mentioned you read Don't Look at the Monster, down on my knees begging God, begging God to give me the grace, the mercy, the spirit, the strength, the strength to do what he has called me to do. Yeah. Well, you you talk a lot in the book about surrendering. And I think that's a concept, uh, you know, that I've had to learn throughout my life, too, is that sometimes you just have to allow things to occur because there are lessons in everything that we do. And every person that comes into our life, everything that happens in our life are lessons to be learned. And, And oftentimes we're fighting them and fighting them and fighting them which is when we really begin to understand these are things for us to learn and to understand. But I'll tell you what, but we're going to talk about your personal story, but I read this book 
<laughs> and I was just, you sitting there even talking to me, I'm just going, how is she doing that? I, I am not kidding you. You have, you have been up and down and all around, but your personal story is so important. And the, and the reason why your personal story is so important, I think we've talked about this before, is that looking at you, you're sitting there, you're beautiful, you're smart, you're intelligent, you've got a great personality. Other women will look at you and think, oh, it's so easy for you because we women, black and white women, have this unbelievable characteristic of comparing ourselves to each other. And when, when women see you, they think it's easy. But you and I both know that that's not the truth because when you sit down and really talk about the personal story, you find out that the trials and tribulations and where you're sitting today have made you who you are today, but it wasn't an easy task. Oh my goodness, was it not <laughs> an easy task? I tell you, you, you talk about a lesson. You know, I remember sitting, I was literally at a place in my life where I, I just did not understand what was happening to me. I did not understand the value and the journey that, that God had intended for my life. And I remember sitting, talking to a psychologist and I was babbling on about, you know, what I'd been through, what I was going through in that moment that I was barely surviving. I was having all kinds of health issues. I was, I was almost homeless. I was, I was just struggling in every facet of my life. And I remember him saying, well, what do you think that's about? And I said to him, I want to believe, and it just came to me. And I believe it just came from the universe, really. Yeah. yeah. I believe is that I am here to acknowledge that everything happening to me is either a gift, a lesson, or a blessing. Yeah. And he said, did you hear what you just said? And I said, no, because I didn't, I was just speaking. It was like it was being channeled through me. And he said, say what you just said again. I said, I believe everything that I am going through right now is either a gift, a lesson, or a blessing. And, and then the light bulb moment happened. Yeah. And, and that's in the back of the book after all the things that you went through with your, with your own history of domestic violence, your mother, your daughter, and all the things, the horrific things that many people do not survive. They do not survive. They do not move on. You know, I, I, I use this metaphor, but, you know, and I, I, I was a sit down psychologist for 25 years and people would come in. And the one thing they would say, I want to change. And I could say, be careful what you want. They, they said, you know, I keep doing this and I keep doing this. And they're very similar situations. Mm -hmm. And I said, what do you think you're a snake charmer? And I said, what do you mean? But they said, what do you mean? I said, do you think you're a snake charmer? You expect to put your hand back into the snake house and expect not to get bit. And every time you put your hand back in, you get bit again. You go, why does this keep happening to me? So I, I often ask people, are you a snake charmer? And I tell you what, in this book, you thought you were a snake charmer <laughs> in, more, in more ways than I can imagine until finally, you know, that last bite, you went, wait a minute, there's a reason here. There's a blessing. There's a lesson. lesson there's something for me to learn. Yeah, that's, that's what you're sharing today with so many women. So let's just go back to your personal story. Tell me about how did you get from there to here? So first of all, I, I grew up in poverty. I grew up poor. I grew up the first in my family to go to college. I was a teen mom. I had my daughter at 17 years old, fell in love with my first boyfriend, 
within a month, he was very abusive. And I would go on and become pregnant and have this child at 17 years old. And I remember sitting at this, there was a point in my life, Dr. Nancy, where I was told that this was going to be the only child I would ever have. And even though he was very abusive to me up until that point, I didn't connect it to abuse. I connected it to love. I connected it to wanting to earn his trust and, and earn his commitment. But it wasn't until I was carrying that child. And as that child grew inside of me, my will to survive, my priorities changed because this would be the only child I would ever have. And I remember I was eight months pregnant and he came over on Sunday. My mother only allowed us to have boy company on Sundays. And I remember I was finally going to have the courage to stand up to him because he he may hurt me, but I was not going to let him hurt my child anymore because he was abusing me all throughout the pregnancy as well. And I remember asking him to step out on the porch because I had not told my, my mom and my, my stepdad yet. And I said to him, what you do to me isn't right. And I am not going to let you hurt me no more. And more importantly, I'm not going to let you hurt this child. I remember just looking at him and all I saw was him lifting his still booted foot. And next thing I knew, he kicked me in my eight month pregnant belly and I went crashing to the ground. And as though that was not good enough, he then spit on me. And he said, you will never leave until I am ready for you to leave. Now, let me preface this with, prior to that, I had already learned the stories about my grandmother, who was in, who my grandfather was viciously, viciously abusive to her and her eight children, even once forcing their three-year-old son to eat a dead rat in front mm-hmm. of them all. And then my father, my biological father, who's no longer with us, very abusive to my mother. I remember my mother laying in a hospital bed and told to kiss her five babies goodbye because my father had beaten her so badly, he burst both her lungs. And they said she would not make it through the night. And she lay there and she told the story and calling me butterfly, how she just prayed and prayed. And she just heard something in the pit of her belly say, don't you let nobody touch you. Not the doctor, not the not your mother, not your husband. And I promise you, you will walk out of this hospital. And she walked out of that hospital um, with, by the grace of God. And now here I was laying on that ground with spit on me. And I would not come to know if my child was dead or alive in that moment yeah. until I heard her scream in that delivery room. I was 17 years old. People say, well, why didn't you hear her kicking or moving? I was traumatized. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. And I would go on and I made a decision. I made a decision. The only way to get out of there was education and a month after my daughter was born, I was I was working a part-time job in high school. I talked to my supervisor about it. Her name, Brenda Ice, I'll never forget. And she gave me a chance and she helped me to get out of there. And I moved clear across town. I registered for a community college and I would go to school for 16 years at night. And this was before yeah. online was even a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. 16 years at night, Dr. Nancy. And I remember one, sometimes I didn't have anybody to keep my daughter, but I knew I was never going back to Wilson Park. And Wilson Park wasn't just a, a, a place that I lived. Wilson Park was a mentality. Yeah. Wilson Park was a, a not just being poverty in terms of living and life. Wilson Park was, it was my past that I wanted to escape. Yeah. It was that yeah. kick in the belly. It was my grandmother, my mother. And I remember 
going to class one night, taking my daughter with me. I had no one to keep her. And some nights when I did not, I knew I was not going to miss class. So I would take her with me and I would put her in the back of the room and I would give her a book. She was about four or five years old. And I would sit in the front for my lesson. I remember one night the professor said to me, L.Y., when he dismissed the class, he said, um, Marlo, he called me by my last name, Marlo, um, you stay, stick around. Everyone else can leave. And then he said, I'm going to say something to you and you need to hear me. If you bring that child to class one more time, we're going to charge her tuition. <laughs> and you know what, Dr. Nancy? I would have paid it. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I found a way for seven, for 16 years at night to go to school to earn three degrees. Wow. Including an MBA. And that would give me the courage to go. I was not only going to shatter the glass ceiling, I was going to invent a new glass ceiling. <laughs> But that glass ceiling started to kill me. That you, could skate, that you could skate across, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I, at one point, I was working for IBM at the time. And at one point, I had gone to the doctor because I wasn't feeling well. I was working 80 hours a week and trying to make, as a single mom, raise my daughter, yeah. all these kinds yeah. of things. Yeah. And I went to the doctor. And around that same time, I discovered a lump in my breast. Oh. But I wasn't concerned about the lump. I was like, oh, there's a lump. Okay, I, I need to go see Dr. Lee because he got to fix me up so I can get back to work. I got a, a glass ceiling to create. And I said, Dr. Lee, I'm not feeling well. And oh, by the way, I have a lump. He sends me off. 10 days later, get all the results back. And he said to me, Dr. Nancy, he said something to me that really was the trajectory of changing the course of my life. He said, you do have a lump, but it's not the lump that's killing you. It's all these other ailments. You either change your life or you change your life expectancy. Yeah, yeah. Change your life or change your life expectancy. That weekend I went home and I got real still about what was I passionate about. And and it was before passion and purpose and all that stuff became like the thing, right? Right. And I always loved to write. So I marched back into my executive vice president office on Monday and I literally stepped down. And I was working on a big project. They didn't want me to leave. And they said, what would it take for us to keep you? And I said, I want to work from home before working and telecommuting was a thing. It was back in the 90s. Sure. And I only want to work three days a week. And I set out writing my first book, Color Me Butterfly. That book would go on to win 10 awards. And here's why it won 10 awards. I wanted to write and I didn't know what to write. And somebody said, write what you know. And the only thing I knew was my family story. Yeah. So I started writing the story about the abuse that my grandmother, my mother, myself, and by then, my daughter, who yeah. was not only a victim of domestic violence, but sexual violence. Yeah. And I started writing that story. And that book would go on to win 10 awards. And then the book ends with, you know, hey, we, 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 we we're turning the corner. And then I would discover that same year the book came out, my daughter was had Promise, a little girl named Promise, and was also involved in an abusive relationship. And I would get a call one night in the middle of the night and said, your daughter was almost killed. I had already moved her three different times to three different states. And this person would find her or she would find him and they would come back together and it would start all over. And then they made a baby, a little girl named Promise. And Promise was six months old when I got this call. And they said, she was strangled and she was almost killed. And I remember sitting across from her. I drove to Philadelphia from D.C., listening to her tell me 
what happened and ultimately that he had strangled her. And now she was blacking out and things was going dark. She heard Promise screaming because he threatened to kill Promise too. And she would fight to save Promise's life. I get them to safety. And I wrote a letter because I said, Dr. Nancy, there has to be somebody out there because I just lived the stories, writing Color Me Butterfly. I had to eat that rat. I had to lay in that hospital bed as my mother. I had to be reminded of not only being kicked in my belly, but the times he had the gun to my head. And now here was my daughter. And now here was promise. And I said, somebody with a voice bigger than anyone can imagine has to stop this. Because if I'm struggling with this, if my family is going through this, there are other families. And that letter would start with Dear Oprah. And I said, this last night, Oprah, my daughter was strangled and nearly killed. And I babble and I go back. It was August 25th, 2007. I'll never forget. I still have that letter. And there were so many words that I said. And people think I came up with the the term Saving Promise as my nonprofit organization name because it sounds cute and, 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 you know, compelling. No, it was that letter I wrote to Oprah. And I said, Oprah, if you cannot help me save my daughter, please help me save Promise. And that's where that name came from. And I would go on and, and, and people often say, Dr. Nancy, did Oprah ever respond? To which I, in hindsight, didn't understand it again. Sometimes a no can be a gift. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. never responded. And, and, and I will meet Oprah someday and I will say to her, thank you for the gift. Thank you for the gift of not responding. Because here's the thing. Had Oprah responded, I would have went on her show. I would have told her my story and that would have become my legacy. I was on Oprah and I told my story. Everything would have been about Oprah's, me being on Oprah's show. But God had a different purpose for my life. It was not Oprah that was supposed to have a bigger voice. It was me. So I would yeah. go on and walk more, away from more, that. More, more lessons to learn, right? More lessons to learn. Yeah. I walked yeah. away from that 20 plus year shattering the glass ceiling career and would go on to launch Saving Promise. And the, the, don't, don't look at the monster. Now, people, Promise wasn't born when I wrote Color Me Butterfly. So people who read that book, they don't even know that there was a, a fifth generation. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wrote Don't Look at the Monster, which tells the story about the struggles. I thought I was already struggling. <laughs> yeah. You read Don't Look at the Monster. And that was a life transforming time in my life because the pain and the struggle. And when I say the pain, my daughter stayed in those relationships and abusive. And then and here's Promise growing up in that now. Promise is now 14 years old. I've been at this for 14 years. And the struggles of trying to raise money, even to this day trying to raise money, trying to change the trajectory around this issue, get people focused on prevention instead of being reactive, caused me to effectively have life-threatening health issues where it attacked every part of my body. And you know this to be true, my heart, my brain. I was diagnosed with a a brain tumor, thank God, benign and heart conditions and autoimmune and all (laughs) these things. Yeah, I read I read all all of the uh, like I said, you sitting there and talking to me today is absolutely a, you're a miracle. You're absolutely a miracle. Oh, all right, well let's let's fast forward because we've unfortunately we've only got about eight more minutes. But I I want to just say, you know, what you're doing now is so very very important because people can look at you now, especially women can look at you and say, 
you can you can break the cycle and that's what that's that's really what we're talking about it's breaking the cycle of abuse and that's not necessarily easy because as you said how many generations of abuse were in your family you you know you become the people you spend time with you're around this cycle and it just it, and you think I'm, it's not going to happen to me but it was happening again and again so today you're in a much different place where where is your daughter and your uh, where's your daughter and your granddaughter now? They're they? here in DC. They're, yeah. they're near me. Um, and, and I learned to say today they are well. Good. Promise is 14. Yes. Yeah. My daughter works at Georgetown University Hospital in nursing. Um, she's just finishing her RN. Does she ever come with you to some of these speaking engagements that you uh, have? Does she ever attend any of them? No, she does not. And, and part of it is because I kept her in Promise shielded from that. Okay. For a very long time. Oh, there um, may be there may be a day that she can stand up there with you and this granddaughter that they can say, you know, you can you can move forward in your life and you can break the cycle because that's what we're talking about is breaking absolutely. the cycle and empowering yourself to help others to do the same. So, okay, well, you you talk about fear and fear is one of the biggest issues that keeps women from from being successful. Mm-hmm. Their fears. I can't do that. You know, somebody's already already told them over and over again, you'll never make it by yourself. You'll never be able to do that by yourself. But this is something that you're teaching women over and over again. Get past your fears and you can do anything. Become comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. And because that's something that women don't understand, you know, we're everything should be hearts and flowers and we should be happy and everything should and everybody should like us. Mm-hmm. And agree with us. And, and you know what? That's just not the way it works in this world. It is not the way it works. So I like the way you put it. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Try to find the gift, the lesson or the blessing in whatever you're struggling with. In whatever you're struggling with. And that's why I went on to launch Monsterize and use that as a metaphor and as a platform to help women confront their fears. Yeah. Yeah. And to say that you can do anything. You can really do anything you put your mind to. Yeah. I, I, I always say, God, she has a sense of humor. I use that kind of tongue in cheek. But I, I never expected to have daughters. And I had one daughter after another daughter after another daughter. I was the ultimate tomboy. So I never expected to have girls and women in my life because I really was having more fun being a tomboy and being out doing sports and doing that thing. But as you know, God's that sense of humor taught me over and over again. I had to learn the power and the, and the part about being a woman and how very, very important it is because I truly believe the hand that rocks the cradle rocks the earth. Yes. I think we women, and, and I'm still determined that the more women in leadership roles such as yourself that are out there, out there using their voices to empower and to, to engage women to take their place in our society and to use their voice for change, that's what this is about. That's exactly what it's about. And especially coming in a time of hopefully we're on a, on a cusp of recovery with COVID. Now more than ever, th- th- what this year, what every woman on this planet Earth should think about is in that year, don't think about that quarantine as a time of we couldn't go out and we couldn't, we had to practice social distancing. Think of it as a time to become still. Reflect, yeah. To reflect yeah. and mm-hmm. to say, when the, when I reemerge, when I reemerge, who will I show up as? Yeah. Well, I see, I see your butterfly over there. Yes. And that's the perfect metaphor is that here's this, 
here's this caterpillar. It goes into this little cocoon and out of it comes this beautiful butterfly beautiful that you butterfly. have sitting next to you. So yeah. what, that's, what, that's what we want women to do is to emerge and understand the power and the beauty that they have to make a difference in this world. All right, we've we've just got a couple more minutes, darn it. We we need to have more time next time. But uh, tell me, tell them more about you, how they, how they can read your your book, and oh, how yeah. they can learn more about you and your speaking and out there to to really have have the the true wonderful time with you to learn about how you can help them to move forward. Oh, in thank you, Doctor Nancy. I love that. Well, just visit Ly Marlowe, L Y M A R L O W. And there's a few things. One is that take the monster assessment. There's an assessment up there to see what <laughs> monster, what fears you struggle with. <laughs> you, th- you think I got any monsters? <laughs> we, all, we all got a monster. Oh, I got you back here. I'm going to have to deal with you later. So, <laughs> we got to yeah. get them out the closet. That's yeah, why you see that book there, the closet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and at lymarlow.com, you know, there's the books and that kind of thing. But w- what I want people, to, women to think about is, uh, two things. One is if you have a vision or interest in launching something, whether it's to write a book, whether it's to launch a business or whatever, I offer this three-day mastermind that my goal this year and going into 2022 is to help as many women re-emerge with their dreams, re-emerge with their dreams. And so I offer a free strategy call um, that they could, it's called FAST, that my three-day mastermind is called FAST. Because I help women figure out through that three days, you know, what their vision, their mission and and their unique value proposition, all that stuff. And within 90 days, they're launched. Wow. Wow. That's my thing. Right. And so so you can get a free strategy call with me. Let me hear. I'm really good at strategizing. So even if you decide not to go with the mastermind, you got 30, 45 minutes of my time to help you think it through. The second thing is. One of the things I'm really excited about, Dr. Nancy, is I'm launching with my good friend, Rebecca and Jamie, a new initiative in the book. As you know, I I bring the monsters to life, fear, worry, doubt, et cetera. And um, I needed to find a way to bring them to life. So I'm launching a new initiative called Monster Chicks and Skits, where we (laughs) use puppets, character, and me to help women confront their fears. Mm-hmm. And empower them so we can look at it and laugh at it and be like, that's me. That's so goofy of me to think that way. Let me let me do something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're right. We've, we've all got to get a sense of humor about who we are and not, not be so absolutely hard on ourselves. But remember, the back of the book, this is the most important thing that you talk about is that. Yes. The, is the lessons book. and the blessings. Yes. Well, I, I, here's the book. I want everybody to go out and read it uh, because after seeing the podcast and seeing you, they'll go, that can't possibly be her. But this has been a, a wonderful journey and this journey is not over. You and I are out there making, uh, changing the world for good, one woman at a time uh, and bringing men and women together to, to, to help one another. So I'm on your side. I got your back. I got your back, girl. But uh, oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Well, look, Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for uh, rearranging your schedule so that we can make this work today. And I'm, I'm very excited about what you're doing. And I continue continue great success in all things. And we will stay connected. We will Absolutely. stay connected. I can't wait to reconnect. All right. You have a great day. You too. Thank Bye-bye. you. See you later. Bye-bye. If you enjoy these smart, amazing conversations, please subscribe, rate, and review them on Apple Podcasts 
Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And read and enjoy more amazing stories in my books, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, and Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. Thank you for listening.